Hey guys, before we dive into this week's episode, we want to remind you to go to iTunes and rate and subscribe the show. It is like sex and money for free. Also, follow us on Twitter at Gabe Noah Podcast, as well as like us on Facebook at Profession Confession Podcast. Thank you for the continued support. Do you know where this road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey guys, this is Gabe. For our newest sponsor, and this one I'm very fond of because I came up with it. This has been a passion project of mine. Yep, it's an energy drink. Sure, there's a lot of energy drinks out there that taste great, but there's one problem. What is in them? Nobody knows. They're not good for you. Well, that's not a problem with my new energy drink because I make it right in my own garage, and you can come over and help. We are 100% transparent about our process. This is how it works. We have an elevated, graded steel platform that you just come over and walk your animal right on top of. Pull the lever and say goodbye and watch a 2,000 pounds of hydraulic pressure come down and humanely eliminate that animal and unleash proteins, vitamins, minerals, all that good stuff that you need to get through your day. Where does it go? It drops into a series of gutters beneath that you get to watch run down and end in a one-gallon mason jar. We fill it to the top. I call it Dog juice. Dog juice. Man's best friend. Man's best energy drink. Get over here, you mutt guzzlers. This is totally unfiltered, 100% organic, cage-free, and the most humane way, really, to end their life. Dog juice. It's the most loyal energy drink on the market and the only energy drink that has all that good stuff for you to have the energy of a Labrador to take on your day. Come down and get a glass today. Hey, and a special shout-out. To Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, big supporter of mine. If you want to see comedy in Minneapolis, go to Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, fourth floor of Mall of America. Drink, dine, laugh. Hey, guys. Uh, Thanks again for listening. On this week's episode, we have what is probably one of our very best episodes. We're super psyched about this one. This is our first drug dealer who is not street level like this guy was up a few levels made a ton of money it's was fascinating to us um but of course as always we make inappropriate jokes and kind of glamorize it and we kind of want to be clear because he is now no longer in that life and has gone through the courts and rehab and all that stuff and sort of wanted to make it clear that there's obviously horrible consequences with all this and we definitely talk about it there's a bunch of death and and all that, and I echo those sentiments as well. Do not do heroin. No one ever told me, and I wish they had. Don't do heroin, ladies and gentlemen. So um, with that, our co-host uh, was Isaac Witty. You know him from other podcasts. He's one of my best friends in comedy or otherwise. We did work together on the turkeys, which you can find on the Profession Confession website. And you can follow him on Twitter, at IsaacWitty.com. 
a super funny guy. I will compliment him by saying he's a true original voice. He's what you can't name anyone else who has his voice, so that's very rare. So super funny guy, check him out. And enjoy the show. Thank you. On this episode of Profession Confession, he sells drugs to children on the side of the road. He's sold his own mother. He's the worst person we've ever had on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a heroin dealer. Hey. His <laughs> Say hello to G. Hey, what's going on? What's G, going on? thanks for joining us. Of course, you're not that disgusting. You, you like me with my addiction, I bet, were one of the good ones. Yeah, I tried to be a diamond in the rough. Yeah, That's what I yeah. used to say. I actually had a real belief system, like, even as a, a heroin dealer. Yep, yeah, the, yeah, you have the thing where you go... Yeah, I smoke black tar. I don't shoot it in my vein. Yeah. <laughs> like you have so, a little Not condescension like these in there. Idiots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, whatever. Yeah. Or like I do do that maybe, but I didn't rob people for it. Yeah, or. I'm not gay. He was sucking my dick, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Perfect. I could have think I never sucked dick for heroin. I could have. Look at these eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like looking in the eyes of a blue crayon. That really is the most beautiful thing you can I think, think so. of. I think so. It's the bluest, for a, hmm. bluest thing. But yeah, I should uh, set the table here a little bit. So our guest, G, um, was a heroin dealer who ended up getting high on his own supply. Don't you listen to Easy e Not enough, apparently. Yeah. yeah. And then our other, our co-host is Isaac Witte. Hello. Hello. You know from various comedy things mostly local smaller shows but yep. yep they let me do some stuff yeah and then uh and then tevin as always i'm here and yeah so we'll start just with the beginning how like how long did you were you a heroin dealer uh 10 years yeah really that's yeah. a good run for I a heroin a very good run yep. yeah yeah i actually have a nice little list here compiled uh briefly but uh yeah 10 years so that's what it says how um, did you how did you get into it uh so my mother actually was uh a pill hustler she was a doctor shopper she went out and uh stole people's identities and forged prescriptions and went to numerous doctors and numerous pharmacies and ended up getting tons and tons of oxycontin God. no way was it I only oxycontin oxycontin demerol fentanyl all that sort of stuff right all pain you know, stuff all the pain pills um <clears throat> so how old were you when she was doing that oh geez i must have been starting like eight nine years old and and how old were you when you became aware that that's what she was doing uh 15 yeah. No shit. So, so you you were aware that this is a profitable way to live or whatever. Yeah. yeah I mean, I came home uh, selling weed, and uh, she was like, "You think you could uh, sell some of these pills that you've been stealing from me forever?" And I was like, "Sure." You know. Um, she oh, she made you a dealer. Yeah. Yep. So and and I guess I should ask, uh, you know, did she do well? Did she make a lot of money? Or yeah. was she? Um, you know, until things got over her head, absolutely. I mean, I think we all did at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we paid for, uh, you know thousand plus a month with rent and we had a car and all that sort of stuff and you know managed to well, take that's care all of she did uh in the end yeah that's all she did yeah. so. wow so how many pi- so you know i i wonder this all the time the you know pill shoppers on because i've heard that people like uh, a very popular thing to do is you wait till near a weekend like let's say friday and you call around a dentist in the phone book saying mm-hmm. oh i have this tooth pain and can you just give me a prescription over the phone i'll be in monday yeah you know what are some of the methods with that since you had an inside look um well that would be really really low scale stuff just to okay. keep you going out the week throughout the weekend um she would get you know uh, for instance, like 120, 80 milligram oxycontins, uh, 60, 40 milligram oxycontins, and 120 Xanax bars uh, a month under one name, and she had five names. 
God. So, wow. I mean, what were her methods? Huh. Like, you know, hey, for our listeners at home who want to start yeah. <laughs> uh, pill shopping, how you know, how how did she do it? I'm sure it's different now than it was then. Yeah, but. well, back then it was a lot easier. You could get, like, excuse me, you could steal a prescription pad, um, and then basically they have a DEA number on all of them. If you manage, I don't, you know, I really don't know how she managed to get that one. Uh, but you could put someone's cell phone number down as the pharmacy contact list, and the pharmacy would just call the person, they'd answer the phone and go, yep, we wrote that prescription, you know, here's the DEA number. Wow. As long as it was confirmed from the pharmacy, the other ph- or from the hospital, the other pharmacy didn't really worry about it, and they just cut the pills. And I've definitely heard about that, about people being left alone in the doctor's office and swiping their actual script pad, so probably yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amazing. Wow. So, so in your house, she would have, whatever, a thousand... Um, high-end painkillers. Yeah, I mean, to the extent that I ended up addicted to them for years without knowing about it, you know, because they just never disappeared. Right. You know? And 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 actually, I should say that right right from the beginning here, um, G is not currently um, in the game that of all the stuff that we're talking about. He's uh, he has turned his life around. That's how he's able to do this podcast. But pretty <laughs> recently, pretty, yeah, over yeah. the last recently. couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's not. Uh, Let's not offer anything or shake his uh, new phone, right. right, Isaac? Uh, yeah. Just because he can make a profit. Especially the blowjobs. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Those are free. Yeah, oh, Those right. are friendship. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just a mouth, way to get by together. Mouth hugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, did your mom ever get, uh, while you were growing up, did your mom ever get busted in any way? She did, yeah. Uh, when I was about 18, I think, was the first time that I uh, realized mom wasn't around. And then uh, when I was 20, she was looking at, uh, I think it was like 11 or 12 felony charges Two of them were federal, um, and uh, she was looking at something like something crazy, like eight years in prison or something like that. But uh, she ended up going to treatment, getting her life turned around, and uh, avoiding doing that. But she was on probation for the better part of five years, something like that. B- back to the nuts and bolts of dealing for your mom. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what yeah. was your cut when you were working for your mom? Um, basically just free pills, you know. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so she'd well, and it ended up being more than that. Um. So at age fifteen, this is when this starts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at fifteen, that started. By the time I was sixteen, I had progressed all the way into heroin, um, which I then got my mom into. Um, How did she introduce this to you? Uh, she just knew that I knew at that point. Okay. You know, I mean, I'd been smoking weed with her and doing things like that <clears throat> okay. for about a year at that point. And, uh, I mean, I was getting kicked out of school. I was, I mean, I was a problem child uh-huh. um, all the way around. And so one time she was having a hard time getting rid of them. And uh, she asked me and I went and made a whole bottle disappear in 20 minutes. You know? <laughs> so. Wow. Just uh, selling to your classmates, essentially. She would drop them off for school. Yeah. Um, at times. But that was, uh, I had a weed dealer at the time that would buy them, uh, you know, all the time. So. It was, huh. yeah, it made life a little bit easier for me. So I'd you know, go and come back with 2000 bucks and be like, here, mom. Oh, great. And from that point forward, I really didn't have to worry about it. You're making $2,000 and you're 15. Yeah, plus. Yeah, plus. A day. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now, do you remember like the difference between before you were a drug dealer in high school and did you have like a real strut like a week after? Like, was it cool at your high school? Like, yeah. Geez, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I went, I went to a small high school uh, full of hippie kids. And um, absolutely, it was. Uh, there was actually there was a few of us, and I was the one with the pills. So, um, you, yeah, yeah, it was not a negative thing, basically. No, not at all. And then you know, I should say this too because it's always I I always get asked this um, to describe our guest. Uh, first of all, a white guy, and when you get to white guys selling hard drugs, that means you're up the ladder a little bit. So that's a, well. this is a big thing for the show. <laughs> And uh, he's a nice-looking uh, young man, all this stuff. He is not what, like, 
I'm sure when cops pulled you over early on, yeah. you had a nice cover, essentially. <laughs> yeah. You know, being well, white. First when of you all. said he was like the top kingpin heroin dealer, I'm expecting I somebody didn't to say that. Okay, well, like, that's, how I, that's how I interpreted <laughs> okay. it. That's yeah. how I interpreted it. I just it. said white, and, and that's so, how you interpreted it. And I imagined, <laughs> I imagined like somebody with no teeth, like just looks like life beat him over the head with a stick. And that's then, what yeah, everyone thinks. Right. Nor- yeah. Completely mm-hmm. normal. Right. Looking comes in. Well, that's and how I got away with it for so long. For a long time, right? Yeah. It's it really better, is the best cover. Better part of a decade. So so what uh as far as selling it, so you start selling pills and did you immediately get involved, immediately become hooked? Uh you know, no. I would say that I had been stealing them on and off from my mom for a couple of years at that point since I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh it wasn't until I was about I was 15. It wasn't until later, and I mean, back then, time was longer than it is now that we're yeah, older. Yeah, um, it's true. But uh, it wasn't until right before I started getting into heroin heavy that I woke up one day and I realized, that eh, something's a little off, you know, because um, I just hadn't thought about it before. It was just constantly there, uh, so I just didn't worry about it, you know. How did that transition to heroin happen? Uh, I had Do you a remember friend the brought, first? Yeah. yeah, I had a friend brought some over for uh, me, and I uh, transitioned from that into selling cocaine uh by the time i was 15 still and that started too but uh that's where i got my entry into like you know really hard street drugs was with cocaine um and by that point a friend of mine brought some over and we snorted it and uh it was off to the races really i found a connection shortly after that (laughs) found a direct connection shortly after that and uh yeah within a couple of years i was running a crew yeah. And then, so then, do you just think because your mom is, you know, essentially showed you the ropes, uh, you know, purposely or not, you just knew when you see a drug source to start trying to climb that ladder and try yeah. to find that source? Yeah, I was at the top as quick as I could be. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you hunted it actively and wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say it just sort of fell in my lap, honestly. Um, but I just, you know, uh, I was one of the few people I knew that was actually honest, straightforward. I would come with the money when I said I would, and I didn't do a lot of shady things to get there. Um, and I uh, was a popular kid in high school, and my girlfriend was in college. You know? yeah. So it was pretty easy to go from... Uh, it's when I got into heroin, actually, that I ended up starting to lose a lot of friends and lose a lot of face um, with yeah. people. But, it's amazing uh, how that happens, huh? Funny, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So did you want to be a drug dealer, would you say? Uh, no, I wanted to believe that a successful life outside of the nasty neighborhood that I grew up was possible, but, uh, I didn't see it, you know, it was, uh, Did you grow up poor? I mean, were very, you... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, by the time I was 15, I'd gotten, you know, a couple little jobs here, serving burgers, doing that sort of thing. And I was like, you know, this 850 is not fucking adding up. Yeah. yeah. It's just not doing it. Um, <clears throat> and then I go out for my mom, make two grand in a day and I'm like, okay. I'm not turning back. You know, I just I didn't worry about it, didn't worry about the cops, didn't worry about school, didn't worry about anything. It was just from that point forward, bam. Now two grand in one day, that's not just selling to your high school friends. That's no that was who were you selling to uh, when you first started? My weed dealer at that point. Okay. Okay, so then you were you were just a basically a supplier to him, you'd sell the whole bulk to him. Yep. Yeah. So when you moved into Coke, what what's the first amount? You know, like tell me about the first time you kind of moved into it yeah. big. Yeah, I got a good story for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so a friend of mine ended up going to uh, going to jail. He got caught, and I get a call saying there's going to be someone that shows up at your house in a little bit. <clears throat> if that's all right, and I say yeah, that's fine. How old are you at this point? 15, almost 16. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I was not... (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was six foot three, you know. Oh, that makes a difference. pounds. I mean, you know. Yeah. um, BMW 750 in a year. I mean, yeah, so... You're a poor kid driving a BMW. 92, 750 IL at 16. 16. Yeah, at 16. So, um, 
Yep, so it went pretty quick. I was always but, uh, a buyer. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so anyway, so this guy comes over, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you guys can bleep this out later. This guy named Carlos comes over. I'm sure, you know, we'll find a million Carloses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't find actually blip, uh, fucking a matter. A Carlos anyway. drug dealer? Uh-oh, yeah. yeah. Be careful. There's a Pepe mm. out there, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so he comes over. He drops off a backpack. It's got five and a half ounces of Coke in it, which uh, is close to, like, I think an eighth of a kilo. Um, okay. And, uh, Which is how much street value? Like $6,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's selling it at a good price. Um, and it was just top of the line. It was really, really, really good. Um, and from that point, I turned around and I got rid of that in three days to college and high school. Friends. Do you know who brought it to you? Yeah. We ended up being really close friends. Like, I um, mean, was it a, you know, like a gang plug or Yeah, a... they actually owned a bar that's long out of business. DA mm-hmm. shut them down so I got no problem saying La Bodega. It used to be on Lake Street in Lindale. Um, <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Really? And yeah. that was a front, basically? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was a poppin' <laughs> bar and nightclub, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I remember Bodega. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I worked Never for them for, uh, for three years. Um, and and uh, so then do you know how their operation worked? Because... I'm sort of fascinated with fronts. Of course, everyone knows that it's, you know, a business you set up, and but it's really to launder your your drug money. But I think the specifics of it are lost on a lot of people. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I really don't know the super big depths of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I just know that there was, you know, a fully functional bar, and bar restaurant, nightclub. Um, and me and my, you know, crew of teenage friends could go in there and drink for free all day long and just, you know, be the life of the party. And... Uh, Wow. They never did anything directly out of the bar. I know that much as well, too. Truck dealers okay. get free um, drinks. Yeah. We got, we got it fucking hammered <laughs> all the time. Um, but uh, Just yeah. to be 16 years old in bars with real money, wow. I'm sure, like, yeah. you know, you must have felt like you're fucking famous already, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you tip your bartender 150 bucks your first night. They're not going to ask you for your ID the second one, you know? It's just... And is the simple. owner coming over shaking hands with you? And stuff? You know, my girlfriend's babysitting his kid. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, we got, uh, we got you know, family-like pretty quick. And um, now, at this point in your life, you're making, <clears throat> obviously already making great money. How, how do you go to school? I didn't, yeah. Okay. No, I didn't at all. Um, Did you get kicked out or quit? Or uh, how, how does that work? A bit of both, yeah. Um, okay. I got uh, basically, you know, asked to leave until I had completed some sort of treatment program in my freshman year. I came back for like two or three weeks out of my sophomore year and then they really just didn't ask any questions um they i know i'm surprised People truancy, you were gone essentially yeah i'm surprised truancy didn't come or anything like that hmm. it's not like really my mom would have done much anyway um but yeah they just sort of slipped through the cracks there which is unfortunate in hindsight um but yeah it uh so then as a young guy like that because okay you know isaac and i have talked a lot about the drug dealer thing of just <laughs> so the big stereotype on on tv is if you sell coke or heroin, like you get your dick sucked, or you know yeah. all those things. Yeah, what was the girl? And when situation? you're 17, <laughs> to have no tools, <laughs> you know, to just be like this 23 year old chick with nice body and some unfortunate tattoos and some bad <laughs> facial complexion, yeah. will suck my dick for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, luckily, I actually uh, <clears throat> held on to my morals, um, and I was with the same chick from the age of 15 to 21. That's so um, lame. Yeah. You really fuck. Oh, oh, hold the horse, though. Hold okay, the horse. Right. So it gets, it gets a whole fucking lot better than that um <laughs> so then i was single right for uh <clears throat> for i mean and to this day it's still hard i'm like excuse me you know just and i and i'm and i'm not even in it anymore and i'm running into people i just gonna pussy still falling from this guy oh, oh it's tell me it's about crazy it. but you know there's threesomes and all sorts of stuff that happened and you know sorry sweetheart when you listen to this later um but yeah i mean it's uh 
it is tough because it uh I never had to pay for anything. That's not the idea, you know. I'm not one of those creepy guys. That's no, I like, know hey, you trade you. it for drugs. <laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't have to ever say it, you know. So I didn't right. say it. So therefore, right. it's not my problem. Right. Um, it was more yeah. just they'd they'd fuck you, and then they'd be like, "Yeah, no, they have some more of that coke." <laughs> they'd want to get married, you know. Yeah, they'd be, you know, right. every one of them. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was just you know, hang out. And it wasn't wasn't just the women though. I made sure to take care of everybody that was around me. So it's just it was all your friends, well, everything not, like that. Yeah, that's how you keep from getting caught. I didn't sell drugs. Sure. And my friend sold drugs. And and then is that... So how soon into it before you consider, like, to where you were serious, moving real... Like, moving real weight? Like, I know you had 2,000 right away, had a Beamer, but, you know, how... Okay, really? 16, you were in all the way? Yeah, five and a half ounces, probably two, three times a week. Oh, translate that money for the people Uh, at home. 15,000 bucks a week. And you... Holy fucking shit. How many employees did you have? Uh, At my peak, four. Yeah. Because you have to keep it small, essentially. Yeah, explain, explain yeah. what that means to have a crew. Like, what, what, why? Um, okay, so imagine this. We're driving along the street. Cop pulls us over. There is a nice white kid in a pink polo with glasses sucking on his thumb, uh, driving a car that's fully licensed in his name, insured. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat with a pile of drugs <laughs> underneath my seat. Is don't have some my... a euphemism for your dick? No, he's just, <laughs> he's, just sit, okay. he's just sitting there looking like a child. Um, mm-hmm. Just innocent as can be. And there's a big pile of drugs under either his seat or my seat. He thinks he's my best friend. It's sad. He's not. Um, the whole point of him is to make sure that if the cops do ever pull us over, which, thank God, never happened, that they can pop him with as much as they want, and he can go and try and sing as loud as he wants mm-hmm. to. And the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to have to bail myself out of jail and never catch a charge. So you, you know? basically <laughs> were manipulating. Like, like you'd find a trust fund-type kid who, mm-hmm. who likes what you got. Yeah. And that was a conscious decision on your point? And he likes the notoriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Likes yeah. the fame, likes the money, likes the drugs. So <laughs> it really was a conscious decision on your point to essentially use them, would you yeah, say? Yeah, absolutely. But they got free. Wow, they, man, they, they didn't awesome. get help. They didn't get that's help. so <laughs> fucking, you're a lizard. I well, love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it wasn't just that. It got down to a corporate level. I mean, we had Domino's guys driving around with their shit a while, too. So, oh, I, mean, I can't wait. This is the best podcast we've ever done already. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. And I hate to celebrate your scumbaggery, but it's yeah. also, hey, at least you did it should go for something yeah well then I, I got to be captain save too which was my downfall um well and women. it's also yeah. good to put it out to know that how fucking no matter how great it is that god damn it the hammer comes down eventually you know not as hard as it should have well jesus would you all. shut up about that we're trying to have a good fucking kids are listening right what what uh okay so Tell the kids about getting laid again so before yeah. yeah before the dominoes thing and all that so it starts off by you just start getting in so much money coming in mm-hmm. 15 fucking grand a week yeah and then you have to say to your friends like look it's like it's time to share the wealth we need to organize absolutely okay yeah. and, and I, who is your template to organize how do you know yeah did someone give you an advice advice like pull you aside um, or you know yes uh you know not uh a couple of us there was just you know we uh we got together as a crew of kids, and uh, we had an idea, which was that if all of us came up, that none of us were going down, you know? Um, and, you know, it was pretty simple. I was the only one that ever ended up going uh, to the, well, I was the only one when we were together that ended up going to that level. But, uh, yeah, it was basically like, hey, this kid wants to drive around <clears throat> and make money. You don't sell drugs at your house. That makes sense. Let's bring this kid in make him think he's awesome. And he may have been awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the point was he's expendable. Yeah. And um, and that was just sort of a given. I know? think it's amazing to think that they were thinking of that in that, in, like, you know, in those terms of just, like, he is a tool for me to use. Well, and you probably 
thought that fully, but you didn't say it out loud too many times. No, well, not no, to the dude. Can you take these drugs if you I get caught? Implying that. Right. Right. No, I'm leaving. No, actually, there was at one point, I had the best driver ever. I told him that. I said, your job is to drive me around. Yeah. Your job is to be the interference between me and the cops. I will never, ever say a word against you. You don't have to do anything but say tons of words against me, and there's nothing that they can do. Okay. I'm paying you a third of the money that we bring in every single day, and you get free lunch and free gas, tons of women. What do you, I mean, what do you want? So, you know? so how did, no. so at this point, you are 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. What, and you're selling 15 fucking grand a week. That means you're going making buys of 5000 I never bought anything. Um, I was given the drugs, and then I would just By go whom? Uh, right. Carlos. How did that work? Yeah, Carlos would Carlos. come over and drop off the money, and I'd go give it to someone else. You hear that? Um, Minneapolis PD, go get Carlos. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know they already did. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, he's, so, uh, but no, not, based, yeah. based on the name of this guy, are we talking Mexican mafia here? Puerto Rican. Puerto yeah. Rican mafia. Yeah, okay. Puerto Rican, just gangster guys. Um, yeah. Back then, I graduated from then to, uh, you know, and I would say that the... The crew running activities um, with an actual car and all that sort of stuff that requires a driver's license and a state ID and insurance and all that shit that most kids under the age of 18 don't have, uh, that stuff didn't start till I was about 20. However, we had you know people to run out and do this or the other thing. But uh, when I was younger, I would be walking around with you know a couple ounces of coke on me at all times. So how um, how did you earn Carlos's trust for him to give you? I mean, well, honestly, was... what is the cost value of that 15 grand you sold? Oh, for him? Yeah. Um, like five? Yeah, maybe four or five. Four or five bucks. grand. So, yeah. I mean, how? Still, that's still a lot of money. How yeah. did he trust you to... to... Um, well, uh, I came back with his money in two days. Okay. Know, so, it wasn't really an issue. Did um, you find him to start with? Nope. Sent him to me. Uh, I'm going to have to blank that one out. Okay. Um, he sent him to me after uh, after jail. and. Uh, so, this, so, this guy yeah. went to jail found this dude who was okay. in, in nope, a gang. he already had worked for him for a couple of years. So, okay. Um, so he was already connected in there. I'm not quite sure how he got that one done. Um, but he's older than me by a few years. And uh, he said, hey, I got someone that wants to come over and talk to you. I said, all right, cool. And that's how I ended up getting in. Can you say the name of that gang? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, oh just, okay. You just, don't know. Yeah, it wasn't just necessarily. Some, just some Puerto Rican guys. You know, I mean, they all ended up getting you know busted by the FBI and the DEA. So I would imagine that uh, right. you know, they had some notoriety. But, right. Um, yeah, there was never a name attached to it. And the uh, in the end of it, the guys that I was working for was for Sinaloa. The, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So did you ever have a moment when you start making this big money? You know, everyone's seen, like, the movie Blow, Goodfellow. Like, when the big money starts rolling in, do you have that moment in your head where you go, like, God, it was amazing to count $40,000 or wh- whatever yeah. it is? Um, when we'd have it in 20s, we'd just weigh it. Yeah. Um, really? <laughs> yep. God, you're yeah. a fucking pimp. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so that made life a lot easier. Um, but, you know, there's five 20s and 100, and there's, you know, 50 and 1,000. Um, <clears> when so, you're uh, – sorry, can you say that again? Actually, there's 50 20, $20 bills and 1,000 bucks. Um, okay. So there would be 25 and uh, 500. And and then how much does $1,000 weigh or $10,000 weigh? $1,000 weigh. It would weigh in 20s. It would be 5 grams. Or, no, sorry, 50 grams. 50 grams. Yeah. Gram. Oh, yeah. That's f- – you know, from now on, when people ask me how much money I have, I'm say fifty grand, fifty, or 50, 50 grams. grams. Yeah. yeah. What? I don't ever count money. Even when I go to Dairy Queen to pay for something, I just pull out like what I think that much money and, weighs. Yeah. And he does go to Dairy Queen a lot. It's one <laughs> of his place. favorite yeah. new yeah. restaurants. I do. Just had an incredible meal there. We should probably chili get a cheese dogs for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you can afford it. So, when you were 18 years old, how much money were you making in one year? Uh, by the time I was 18 years old, I had saved um, 
by the time I was 17 years old, I'd saved about $100,000. Um, for, and col- where did you for college or something? Yeah, for college. <laughs> yep. Uh, <clears throat> no, I kept it in my closet. Yeah. Wow. Um, a hundred thousand so. <laughs> fucking dollars in cash. And yeah. what does a hundred thousand dollars in cash look like as far as like size? Three shoe boxes. How many? Three, Three. shoe boxes? That's not that big. Yeah. That's actually not as big as I thought. No, I was expecting like large duffel bags. Yeah, me no, too. Bills. Can no, we go the, back uh, over and you lie and make it bigger? <laughs> size of a Volkswagen? Yeah. It was a couple Eldorado trunks full of cash. Yeah. And, um. and, and what? Now, you know, I will say, uh, me being a six and a half, I used to be a seven on the look scale. Mm. I'm going to put you half a point above me. Thank you. Yeah. What <laughs> level women were you getting? Like, I mean, honestly, it must have been insanity yeah um a lot of it was uh for sure and you know there's this one uh one chick uh jen I know. <laughs> we'll bleep that probably she knew what time it was um yeah and so there was her and uh and someone that's a little close to me the first name amy and uh and i've just got them over and they're helping me count and bag stuff up and everything else like that. Jen was driving for me, and she's just this 18-year-old, blonde hair down to her butt, just perfect. I mean, Swedish supermodel-looking chick. Um, I don't care about that one uh, at all. And, you know, so this is, uh, sweetheart, this is six years ago, so sorry. Um, But, yeah, it was, uh, I come out of the hotel room, or out of the shower, I'm just taking a shower, I come out in there, all of a sudden the topic of a threesome gets tossed into the air, and I'm just like, be kidding me you know um yep what a yeah. coincidence they just counted how many thousands of dollars yeah yeah and probably that's like, you know, we should <laughs> <fuck> this guy <laughs> god that's amazing how transparent and yet yeah. and that's why every guy still go that's why it always works because even though you know it's a bullshit fucking reason you're still like <laughs> yeah. you know cool with me i must right? be the best looking motherfucker exactly ever lived. yeah we yeah uh, we all want to uh, just whenever yeah. think the best of ourselves yeah yeah no, so that was, uh, you know, that's just one experience. Um, but, yeah, it was... Uh, in I, what, wh- you know, what circles did you start running? Like, did you feel yourself elevate socially as far as, you know, did you stay the big fish in your small pond, or did you start going to bigger clubs in town and get to know people? Well, and I tried to stay off the radar um, as okay. much as I could, honestly. Um, it didn't work. I should have come up with an alias or something. Uh, but, excuse me, uh, just thinking about that. Uh, from the beginning, wasn't uh, wasn't didn't happen. I just didn't think about it. I was well, just always you must have enjoyed. Some, I, I mean, there had to be a part of you that enjoyed. Oh, yeah, the, absolutely. Everywhere right. I went, you know, I'd walk into a house and all of a sudden they'd be lined up in a circle to hear story time. You know, uh, right. So, no. Uh, yeah, it's just like um, um, Isaac and I. When we work at our furniture store. People are always just like, "Hey, didn't I buy a recliner from you?" Or yeah. like, just downplay yeah. it, downplay. Yeah. But <laughs> you still kind of like, I they did give you, you a still good deal. Get, yeah, you still yeah. get the threesome at the end. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no. 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 But so we do. Well, it's not we, you, if you Isaac, and like the porn in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, we do suck each other's dicks at our party, just because it's a sure thing, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah, Absolutely. Why? It's a yeah. waste of time. Yeah, we have busy girls. guys. We have business lives and comedy, you know. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's see. So you are eight, like, so you're still. This is all coke at yeah. this point. Yep. All right, and and how much coke in ounces at 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 your peak before? You know, why step from coke to heroin? Uh, addiction. Yeah. Your own? <laughs> my own addiction. Or the, okay. My own addiction. Yep. Um, really? There was, yeah. There was no more money in it at all. Um, it was a lot dirtier, a lot more dangerous. Uh, the people that I was dealing with were a lot shadier. Um, 
Really? It was Even on the the I level above the, you? I would think it'd be the yeah. opposite. More aggressive in yeah. a sense. Yeah, we were family. Uh, the Puerto Rican guys and me. Literally, man, like my girlfriend was over there babysitting the owner's kid. Right. Um, so that was, there was never any danger there. One of my buddies that I brought in when I decided to step out from that, uh, after having counted up those three shoeboxes, I asked my girlfriend at the time of three years, I said, what do you want for anniversary? She said, I want to stop doing this shit. And I said, all right, I'm going to go talk to him about it. And they're like, cool, but uh, do you have anybody else that you can put in, your in, place. in my place and I said yeah I do I got this older friend of mine with the same name coincidentally and uh, within like a month and a half he's getting caught uh, just coked out of his mind at a red light with a turn signal out or something like that and um, and suddenly though I realized that these guys aren't as nice as I thought they were because they're like do we have to do something about this you know is he gonna because they're worried about him that he's talking. a rat yeah so for me I just never worried about it but then all of a sudden one of my close friends is about to get his you know head smashed in and uh, it became very uh very and serious. Did you have to intervene there? I did. Yep. I uh, I went over and talked to his mom. I said, you know, you got to tell him if you talk to him that he just got to keep his mouth shut. You know, and she. He just has to eat that whole wrap. Basically. She was. She was doing. I was like, yeah. I mean, this is dangerous stuff. You know, and she had known me, and all of a sudden she's doing this straight out of the movies, like crying and hitting me and hugging me and all these oh, other things. God. And I'm just like, holy. Fuck. Oh God. Yeah. So that was rough. Uh, you know, I'm 17 years old. When that right. Age, 18, maybe. Uh, all you're doing is trying to get your buddy a job. Yeah, it turns right. into something all serious. <laughs> Gave him a very important position. Uh, well, yeah, and the way that happened is, you know, to his parents, maybe don't leave thirty thousand dollars sitting around in your drawers, um, and then we won't flip it while you're out of town. You know? Jesus um, Christ! So, so, um, no. so through your coke period, then just to kind of put a bow on that, what you know? So my thought would be, especially being from when you're seventeen, eighteen, that level, you get any notoriety in your school. The other, like, jock kids, whatever, the fucking jealousy, and, yeah. you know, you do become a target to some degree. Did you ever have to deal with that? Uh, you know, I was long out of school by that time. I was, okay. uh, I was out of school my first week of sophomore Because year, you'd been so. kicked out? Uh, no, I just or left. Left, yeah, okay. I just left. I mean, they wanted me to, they you know, they had a teacher following me around basically from class to class at that point, and it was just, it's like, why bother going to school? I mean, like I said, in hindsight, I would uh, would have done things a little differently, but... um. Do, so, I mean, did... So were you ever a target? Did you ever have turf issues? Was that a thing? Yeah, it just was kind of overlooked because I'm like, what are you going to do? You know? Um, I'm, what? You mean turf I'm, issues? You'd uh, say, absolutely. what are you going to do? I'm so good looking? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, in, in high school, in high school, it's like, bitch, what the fuck are you going to do? You know what I mean? Don't, sure. You know, what, like, really? What? You mean make a phone call and you find my sauce burns down? Like, go the fuck away. You know what I mean? Did like, you? Just, so, I mean, you did get muscle on your side, you'd say? Oh, yeah. I never had to use it too often, but yeah, it was there. Um, did you seek that out or did just no that was just known you, you just know. get that level of money and people start crowding around you who want to mm-hmm. do things for you absolutely to, okay yeah. i mean it's uh thinking back on it now it's just such a whirlwind of shit like i just can't even imagine trying to be the person that i used to yeah. be anymore it's just it was constant work 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 and looking over your shoulder and looking over your shoulder and then all of a sudden uh you know and i would occasionally get robbed in like a very violent way and uh and a lot of people, oh, did you go back and do this and do that? No, 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 no. It's not. That's not how that works. No, this you got to eat, <clears throat> eat it. If it were personal, if it were personal, I'd come back and fuck you up. Mm-hmm. But this is money, you're a junkie. So be it. Um, like you saying that you use the driver sort of as a mm-hmm. tool in that way. Yeah. Did anyone ever enter your orbit where you just go, this guy is fucking crazy. He will, f- you know, fight anyone, do whatever. And it's like, I need him as an. No. No. No, they, had, they entered all the time and needed them as far as fuck away from me as possible really yeah absolutely okay. no right away i mean the first thing that you learn is to keep your head down 
Uh, you don't want people to know where you are. You don't want people to be afraid of you. You don't. I mean, that's just bad for business. I would I think you'd want muscle, though, in that way. Like that one guy where you go, he'll go bananas on someone <laughs> for me, even if he'll lose. Um, you know, I had that, but uh, it was more numbers, I'd say, than okay. anything else. Um, just because, you know, and then also when you're at the top to the extent that I was, like, if you take me out, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. where are you going to, where are you going to go? What do you, I mean, what do you mean by that? I'm sorry. Uh, I don't where are you going to get your stuff? You know, what, who, how oh. are you going to get, I mean, I wasn't selling dime bags to kids. So, okay. Uh, but so I was thinking rival dealers and stuff like that, no, like where they want to be you. Yeah. Okay. Some of so, them would come and rob me, but they weren't dealers. The actual dealers would come and get their stuff from me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you were robbed, you said you've been robbed in very violent ways. What yeah. are those? Um, there was one time I couldn't get in touch with my guys that evening. So I went over to keep, you know, the immediate people satisfied to buy like you know five six hundred dollars worth of china off of uh, a friend of mine and there was uh just recently before then a, a driver that i cut loose and a couple of his friends uh dragged this guy out that i didn't much like and they just beat the ever-loving hell out of him in the middle of broad day i mean, my high school kids just whooped this dude's ass dragged him out of his car took everything that he had however this dude was pretty well connected with some really grimy people next thing i know there's a door getting kicked down and i'm getting pistol whipped um, in your house in a friend's house, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, an acquaintance of his house. Um, so they targeted you, knew where you were. Yeah. Like this was calculated. Oh, yeah. And they almost killed me. They were high on PCP. I tried fighting one of them off. Um, I punched one, and then I got tackled into a stove, and I reached for a frying pan, and, you know, those little dollar store flimsy pieces mm-hmm. that should happen. Of course, be one of those. <laughs> Ting! Nothing happens. Uh, and then I get cracked in the face with a pistol. Um, so then you knew they were on PCP because during the fight <laughs> they were going, what are you on? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just knew who they were. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and it wasn't my first time running into those guys, unfortunately. Um, and was, why did they, so how close were you to death? What happened? Uh, I broke my cheek. I broke my nose in a few spots, got knocked unconscious. They did put a loaded gun up to my head and threatened me, told me to put my face in the pillow um, on a basement floor. And at that point I was expecting a kid. Uh, and I was just, I was I was going to die, you know? That must have been unbelievably terrifying. Yeah, it was fucked up. Were you ready to die? Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> hey. <I've laughs> uh, it's just, that's kind of weird for me because I'm ready to die at yeah, all times. Yeah, you keep so. saying yeah. that. It's weird. Ready just to go. go. No, Weirdness like, man, out. I was like, it's fuck just, you, man. I didn't I'm going to go. That. I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah. Do you want a drink? <laughs> I was just wondering if, like, living the life you lived, if you had somehow sort of gone, like, look, I might get popped at any moment. So um, That was before my mother passed away. And at that time, uh, I just, I, I still had some self-preservation in me. Right. Um, was that before? Now back back to what you were saying earlier. Uh, you said that it was so much fun, but you also said like it's all always work. Like what what percentage of the time do you think you felt like I was? You probably sought out to have fun all the time, but wh- how much? What percentage of your time were you actually having fun and not working? Uh, at night, yeah. Anytime after seven p.m. Um, so I had business hours. I worked uh, from nine thirty in the morning until seven o'clock at night. You placed your last order by six thirty. If not, you're out of luck. No. So was your so I uh, you know have some experience in the business as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the outfit that we purchased from it was very similar. It was like I mean nine a.m. sharp until mm-hmm. six p.m. And they would drive around and drive around Hollywood and collect twenty dollar bills. I mean every block for fucking whatever how many hours a day yeah. that is is that how your operation exactly works? exactly the same i emulated what i saw the guys coming out from colorado and california doing so um, how about for the audience can you give that you know whatever your method was your structure absolutely so i'd get a i'd get a phone call i'd, I'd have two phones right and my driver would have a phone i'd have one phone for calling uh my driver 
and then one phone for the customers and my connection. All right. How about can you, yeah? Can you tell me like starting with you buying it? Like yeah, oh, absolutely. Sorry. sorry. Thank um, you. So uh, it's sort of all in one actually. So what happened? I'd call my guy up, right? I'd or I'd call my driver up. I'd tell him show up, you know, on time for work. Basically, I'd get mad when he wasn't there on time. Um, about to get a severance package, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, so he'd show up for work, we'd get in the car, I'd call my guy up, he'd tell me where to have my guy meet his guy, and then I would uh, sometimes go along until I had my dude trained in, you know, to do things exactly as I would do, which took about a month. Um, and how big are these purchases at this point? Uh, $500 probably four or five times a day. Now, is it the same what? as Coke, you're just getting fronted? Or are you nope, buying, at buying that it? point, at that point, when I started the driver business, I was just purchasing it out. Oh, okay. Um, so you would make up sorry just so i have it straight you would go make a purchase for five hundred dollars four or five times a day yeah why not a bigger bulk in one buy very good question what's a very good answer um to keep from getting popped and to keep things easier for me i wasn't using at the time so i bought prepackaged bags i went out and i sold them at a base level to people if they wanted to buy anything that was more than 120 bucks the price didn't go down it stayed the same all the way up so you know i might only make three four five hundred dollars in a day profit um, but there was never anything in my house. There was never anything that couldn't be swallowed. There was low, never low any, risk. There was okay. just nothing that could possibly happen. You pull us over, gulp, driver just swallowed everything we have. There's nothing in the car. No one's high. What are you going to do? How often did that happen that you'd have to swallow? Never did. Yeah. Okay, because so uh, I bought it from the Mexican mafia in Los Angeles, and they drive around with the balloons of heroin in their mouth. Yep. And when they hated me at the end, when I was a junk, they'd turn and they'd spit the balloon into my hand, and yep. I'd take it because I fucking wanted <laughs> yep. it, and I'd put I it right back them. in your mouth. So then I'd wipe my fucking ass with a twenty, and I'd give it to them for real, <laughs> and I'd fold it inside on it. Did you have this blatant disrespect for you, for the people you'd sell to? Uh, no, not at all. Um, so the idea with the customer is that you're uh, you're good even to up to a hundred dollars worth of credit with me. Uh-huh. Um, because a sick junkie isn't going to come with any money. They got no way to get out of bed. Um, and can cause problems. And can cause a lot because of problems. Because they get desperate. Yeah. yeah. No, I was. Uh, I tried to take care of. Honestly, I mean, knowing exactly what it's like to come from where they were coming from, I tried to take care of everybody as well as I could. So, um, are we still on um, coke here? I no, just want to stay on heroin. We've moved on. Okay, we're on heroin. Sorry. Yeah. So, absolutely. how about this? Tell us, unless I missed something big. I feel like I just asked a question. But oh, the operation. Yeah. Can, yeah. Yep. Let's finish okay. that up. So I'd. Uh, <clears throat> I'd call my guy, uh, and he'd tell me where to have my driver meet his driver. I would call my driver up, tell my driver where to meet the driver, what he's picking up. I would know exactly what he just picked up. He'd know very well that he couldn't get my guy's number. He knew very well that the customers never called him. Customers would call me. I'd say, hey, go to 34th and 5th. Hey, go to 36th and, you know, So you were dispatch? Dispatch, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'd get in the car, you know, maybe two days a week at the end of it to show people, you know, hey, I'm still around. Yeah. Um, But otherwise, I mean, I was in Chicago visiting family. I would be down in Texas. I was in Wisconsin at the Dells just hanging out, you know. And what were most of those people? So the people you were selling to at this point when they drive to different corners, are you still selling to low-level dealers or are you selling to to clients, to Uh, users? Clients and then low-level dealers. Um, What's the amounts that you're selling? uh, Half grams and grams. Okay, so a gram, hundred bucks, hundred twenty, hundred twenty, yeah, <laughs> twenty bucks less in L.A. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, it was, 20, it was twenty bucks less here for garbage, and without a you know a delivery that would be there in less than ten minutes. I mean, I was okay every single day. Um, and where did you operate? Uh, South Minneapolis, yeah, South okay. Minneapolis, uh, and then some of the southern suburbs. I'd sometimes break my rules and go down to like Shakopee, Scott County, um, down to the casino. 
Was uh, there ever territory stuff there? No. Because um, no one knew you're you, essentially, right? I'm just the one little white kid on the block, you know? I mean, what are you, you know? There's... And you were still in cell phone era, I suppose, right? So mm-hmm. it's where clientele and yep. cell phones? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I mean, and it did progress. I mean, my grandma's house got shot at back in the day. Um, it did, but... Uh, Let's just glaze over that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Last week we had a podcast, and that was the whole episode. Somebody yeah. lost house. Out there. <laughs> yeah. So, so what? What? Uh, sorry, keep going with that because I think it's just um, like amazing for people to hear the actual structure. Yeah. Um, so they. So and then at the end of the day, they have all the money, and they just come give it to me, and, and I give them their. Would they go to your house? Or you uh, go meet, I'd meet them at a neutral? bar at my house or something. You know, it's uh, at that point I trusted the guy very well. That worked. For so me. it was one. Do guy? Do they give it all to you and then you pay them, or did they take their cut? You'd give it all to me and then I'd pay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Yeah. How did that look? What was the amounts and? Uh, it was normally about seven, five to seven hundred dollars a day. Uh, and you figure you started out with, um, that would be profit. So you figure yeah. you start out with, you know, I start out with five hundred. I just give my driver five hundred bucks. He'd go take care of the first one. That one would well enough pay for the second one, which would well enough pay for the third and fourth. Um, and then you'd come back with all the money plus the profit, and I'd have it all. Know exactly what he picked up, exactly who he sold it to, exactly how much money was supposed to be there, and it always was. Were now, you, now is that? I'm sorry. No, no, uh, um, uh, now, is that normally the payout time? How often would you, Every day. with newer drivers, did you uh, sense resentment like this asshole? All I'm doing oh, I just is showing up and giving money, hell. and I'm doing all the yeah. work. I just would get them high all day long. Okay. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, and then we'd start implementing rules. Um, and the ones that couldn't take it, they were gone. And the one, I've had two that we actually managed to get to the point where uh, after a couple months we bought another car, you know, because you have to change the vehicles up and... Yes. All this sort of stuff. They but, would um, change. We'd see a new vehicle every week. Huh. It was amazing. With yeah. always out-of-state license plates. What mm-hmm. does that mean? Uh, a lot of times they're coming from the southern border. Like so. auction? Co- oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they'll just drive a car. I mean, there's just families and families and families full of guys that do this. You know, half the time they're showing up with kids in the car. Um, so Yeah, it's terrible. How did you – so when you made – so now I guess is uh, is that the whole – set up for that's the it. organization yeah. okay that's all it ever was so when you transitioned from coke to heroin mm-hmm. so you started chipping a little bit you start using it yeah yep i uh i had started using it um <clears throat> and w- in what form how did you use it did you uh, shoot I started it started snorting it and then uh within about a year i'd started shooting it yeah. okay so. yeah scumbags do that but <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Really you told me about that yeah yeah <laughs> what what um and then as soon as you started becoming an addict, you said, you know what? I need to change my operation completely over from Coke to heroin. Is that really how it worked? Or uh, you still... It was about 50-50. Okay. Um, so I would pick up from the same people the same stuff, Coke and heroin. Because uh, the other guys just disappeared. They got popped. They all fled. Um, so the Coke just disappeared. It just dried up one day. I didn't know what to do about it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's convenient. Yeah. So, so the Puerto Ricans, essentially, some of them got nailed. Yeah, and then deported and other ones fled. And, you know, it was just gone. Yeah. And then they, but so then where did the heroin come from? If they're, uh, that was through my use. I ran into other people and right away I I got a Mexican drug dealer's number and right away I was like, Hey, check this out. Money, you know, money, 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 money. And he was like, cool. And I was like, so give me that. What I, you know, I know you guys paid dirt for this. Mm -hmm. Um, and half the time I'd actually have to have one of my, um, little buddies, Mikey, he would be a translator because they didn't speak English for shit. And, uh, you know, we would get it down to, a hundred dollars an eight ball you know okay. um and yeah and chop it up a little bit and just push it back out and um, who were these guys like i mean who are you buying from at this point oh uh, you know just uh mexican mafia they're you know Sinaloa cartel was most of them it was okay. the same family for people it went uh pepe and then javier and then a guy named mike quote unquote um mm-hmm. and that was 10 years and then did that come via chicago because i know uh, that no that came from new mexico 
So New Mexico straight to us? Yep, it would come New Mexico, and then they'd stop in um, Ohio sometimes, and then they'd end up here. Um, and how did your first buy go? Like, I mean, how do you kind of prove? Because, so, okay, when I was in Los Angeles, to we bought from the Mexican Mafia as well, but I was street level, little mm-hmm. shit, you know, fucking $30 a day kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But still, it was hard to get that phone number. It was hard to get their trust. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just use money to kind of go, I got five grand or whatever? Uh, you know, at first, it's like, I got, I'll buy you a half gram if you hook me up with them, you know, basically. Okay. Uh, and then I went and bought a gram. And then after that, I turned that in around and I used some of my weed money that I was still dealing with. Um, and, uh, cause that was sort of a constant thing until I was about 21. I, uh, I sold a lot of weed. So I'd have a little bit of backup cash there. And then my ex's family owns like So um, they had a little bit of money as well. How and, much uh, money um, did you have saved kind of when – because, you know, I'd imagine it'd be sca- like Coco's dry, got nothing. How yeah. much money did you have saved up? Nearly 100000 bucks. yeah. And how weird – like hmm. to you – so me and Isaac are fucking idiots probably – but if I had a hundred thousand dollars and I'd be like, I want to get into coke, I'd call that dude going like, I'll buy ten thousand dollars <laughs> for real to kind of no, probably no. try to Wait, so, uh, deal with you for a while. Right. Oddly enough, I had uh, I had just um, drug drugs come in waves. Anybody that tries to fight the waves of life, they're gonna end up getting fucked. It's just life is just like that. There's high points and there's low points. Someone robs you, you got robbed. Fuck it, turn around, and make the money back. The cops are chasing you, lay low for a while, you'll make the money back later. The people that try and fight that, they get popped, they go to prison, they get killed. So and, you were not a respect guy, necessarily. No, or, I mean, you just didn't steal from me or you're gone. You know? Right. It wasn't you didn't steal from me or you're dead. You steal, you're a junkie. I understand. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's just life. And, um, you know, a few people were like, why do you put up with this shit? I'm like, you, you want to set the money that you're counting down and ask me again? You know? Right. Um, just, you know, it's just part of life. So. How was the Mexican mafia to deal with? Great. Yeah. Really? They are poignant and respectful and nice and that's, that, five stars that on you just as, as yeah. long as you never do even accidentally cross them you're fine no, i right? probably still own like 35 40,000 bucks really yeah Ooh, we'll get to that that's awesome <laughs> that's fucking awesome what uh sorry that's just too odd i almost hoped that before this i didn't want to say that <laughs> yeah. but um what do you remember the first time you became a player in heroin like where you first made a move on it uh yeah it was pretty close to instantaneously you know i um it started out with just like you know friends that would do it and all that sort of stuff and through knowing a ton of other users by being one um i ended up with the plug that had the best stuff for the cheapest price and i was like bam let's do it you know and um overnight you know literally overnight and you go out and you find one guy that is willing to front you a little bit at first and that sort of stuff. Even and, though you uh, have a hundred thousand dollars, you're still asking for oh, a front. Oh no, I. Uh, so there was a little bit of a period of time. It was about a year. I spent all that money. Okay. Um, just using, just getting high, getting high, <laughs> paying rent, driving cars, crashing them. Um, it's amazing how much money you can spend on drugs. So mm-hmm. really, is. I have a normal job, and I spent three grand in the last two weeks. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's right? Just, yeah, it's so it's crazy. I'm sure your brain is now like programmed in a fucked up way, almost it's where it's like, is, yeah. yeah, I expect to spend thousands of dollars or whatever that's just five hundred dollars give me a break right yeah what um so when uh when you start going in big with heroin were you calling up um coke people to try to convert them essentially no 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 the customer base was there they came to you absolutely um and i you know just made sure so when you get when you bust a junkie the chances of him snitching aren't just like a little bit you know it's like he's gonna it's that's that's for just sure. what's gonna happen you know you want to sit around and be dope sick or you want to go home um, i used to have that in my head <laughs> so yeah i mean just keep a rolodex full of crack dealers that you mm-hmm. don't care about and good to go um yeah uh so um 
Yeah, but the, the point of the matter is if you're the best person that they have in their contact list, you're the last person that they're going to snitch on. And that's right. just the bottom line. And I stayed afloat for uh, 10 years until I got into meth, and then everything, you know, went real, real quick. You made How, one mistake. How big? Yeah. <laughs> How big? Well, at least you gave yourself millions of opportunities to fuck up. Yeah. What? What? Um, how big did you get at your height? Uh, I sold thirty-five eight balls of pure heroin in one day. So Holy! Uh, can you put money numbers on that for us? Uh, two, in weight. Two fifty times thirty-five. Let's see here. I Isaac? Got I got it. I got it. He's just doing it in his head. This guy's <laughs> yeah. fucking super smart. Uh, definitely, 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 definitely. Carry the one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's $8,750. $8,750. In one day? In one day. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad, especially with no gang affiliation, no yeah. working so you, as an independent. Your cut of that is 70%, right? And you, you pay your, your people. Uh, I rest. paid $100 uh, an eight no, ball before. Cost, before right? yeah. Yeah, cost, before it was cut down by 20 to 30%, I paid $100 an eight ball for that. What do okay. you cut it with? What do you, you know, I never knew that one either. They gave me the mix, um, and huh. I just added in there it didn't taste like anything didn't smell like anything it diluted completely in water it was perfect and we literally what's in the blender you know heroin you know um yeah really and you you just put it in the blender yeah what um oh fuck was okay so here's a question so i know that um you've always heard about celebrities ODing because they're doing speed balls Mm -hmm. so when you're dealing heroin you also have to deal coke too coke or meth helps a lot yeah and not only to keep people alive but to keep them coming back faster because they cancel each other out right Uh, but so did you have to i've heard that you have to have pure coke when you're doing that when you're doing a speedball no no, you don't have to pure drugs ever coke yeah (laughs) whatever you can get regular coke yeah you don't know it does you can use crack it doesn't matter you just use some lemon juice cook it down Uh how about this as far as um so uh, there's different types of heroin again for the audience at home mm-hmm. and when I lived in the west it was all black tar yeah. heroin yep. and I don't know why that was but it just was all because it came from it's Mexico right make. Yep. It's, really uh, yeah it comes from Mexico almost all the drugs come from Mexico uh, even if they come from a different country they'll go and bring them into Mexico most times before they'll bring them here okay um, and then and what did you sell black tar yeah, oh really exclusively because yeah. it what I've heard is it's all mostly the China white around here, but it didn't used to be. It is okay. now, um, but the Mexican. Well, for those at home, because I don't know what what's the difference between black tar and China white. China's uh, China's medical grade if it's done right. Um, that's but it never is. That's yeah, it never better? is. Yeah, it's like absolutely. a grayish powder. It looks like sheetrock dust yeah. almost. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then black tar is truly. It a looks like a booger of like well, or the good stuff, the pure stuff looks like a, sort of like a obsidian rock. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? I say about? brown sugar. Do you say brown sugar? Well, that's because I mean, yours was cut with brown stone. sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we or used to Coca-Cola. think that. Or Coca-Cola. Yeah, cut with brown sugar, Coca-Cola, or graphite, or all sorts of other nasty shit sometimes. With Coca-Cola? Yep. Yeah, Never heard that. Boil down Coke, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, the black tar is the nastiest, cheapest, uh, easiest to cut, just uh grossest heroin out there but it's just dirt cheap and if you get really good stuff people have never seen really good black tar heroin so they're like whoa what's this huh. it's half the price of the china and it's everybody's good and lasts way longer really um, yeah and then just more for the audience at home so then the the way you use it you smoke black tar off of tin foil yeah at least that's what we always did i don't know uh, do people shoot that absolutely they yep. do yeah i did for years so gross that's so sludgy well yeah Ew, but, you're uh, gross the pure, the pure <laughs> stuff the pure stuff you don't even need a cotton to suck it up into a syringe it's uh it's just water you know I'm yeah. learning so much. Yeah. <laughs> if only I could get in a time machine and go ruin my life in a yeah. different way. I mean, I have nothing left. You Let's can't. see. Yeah, let me look at your arms. 
you have tracks. Yeah, but there's uh, just... but not but not awful for how much you. I'm sure you did. Let me no, see. But I'll pay you a hundred dollars to find a van. Oh, yeah, I, I, bet. I don't yeah, see yeah. a van. Yeah. yeah. How big um, did your habit get? Uh, about five hundred dollars a day. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. That is fucking amazing. Just. Yeah. I'm sorry to Especially swear that Especially when you much. consider that you weren't even getting $500 high because you yeah. you were so... Oh, he wasn't even getting high by so the end up, of the day. Right? No, I mean, it would, if I finally managed to land one in a van, people would be like, is he alive? I'd be like, yeah, just don't bug him. You know? <laughs> um, but it would sometimes take you know, five hours mean, to get there. Yeah, you very, get very mean ordinary. as hell on it. Yeah. You get sleepy and mean, and oh my God, you must have been awful. Yeah, plus by the end of it, I'm spiking the whole thing with meth, so I'm up for five days, you know, straight, oh. and trying to figure out how to stay on top of everything, and all these people are trying to rob me, and then the meth makes it worse, and then all these cops are paranoid. actually chasing me. They, I mean, but they really are, and like, I'm sitting there in my underwear looking out the window, and my girlfriend's like, what are you doing? I'm like, they're looking, and she's like, I know, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, sit down. I by the way, he, was <laughs> he had a girlfriend. Yeah, well, <laughs> the whole time, other than for a year. After uh, after Sarah passed away, I was single for a year, and I I mean, I can't count how many times I got laid. Um, and and she, oh, so Sarah is the girlfriend who passed away? Or that yep, is your Sarah girlfriend? Sarah is a girlfriend that passed away, yeah. And was, was that was that drug-related as well? Alcohol, yeah, alcohol-related. No it way. It was a suicide, yeah. I'm sorry so. to hear that. That is, uh, what an awful, ugh. Yeah, and I'd actually quit doing all of this for her, Um she had wanted to quit and go to school and do all that sort of stuff, so I did. Um, and I was just butt-ass porn, you know, realized real quickly that I was in love with an alcoholic. And um, But luckily you're a massive, had one of the biggest heroin habits I've ever heard. Yeah, so. no, I mean enough to put this whole room to sleep five, six oh, times. That's it. I mean, just a little sidebar here for the audience. That is a fu- a tremendous <laughs> habit at the yeah. highest. And I was, a, I was, you know, the Michael Jordan of drugs in my area. And... <laughs> I think the highest I ever got was a hundred dollars a day, and it, you couldn't afford. I mean, that, I don't even know how I got the money. Well, yeah. You know? If well, you imagine that really? kind of cash, so take that and then realize at the end I'm spending that kind of money trying to keep my house and my car and my insurance yeah. and this and that and the other thing together, while I'm also up for five days and the FBI is literally chasing me. I can't stay in the same place for more than a couple of months. I mean, it's just fucked. My whole and, life was just ruined. And the way your operation was set up, you really never touched the drugs. It yeah. never came to your house. Yeah. It was just phone stuff that they could connect you. Until the end. Um, and then so they had gotten sloppy. a feel for me. Yeah, I got real sloppy. I mean, it was, uh, it was we'll 10, 10 15. Too. Yeah. How about this? We'll get there. Before yeah. we go down, let's get a little bit more of the high moments because it's a little more fun. Right. Is there a night that you look back and go like, if there's a apex high times of women and party and whatever, is there a night that sticks out to you? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> or an era? Um, like the part in the Scorsese movie where it's, we thought that yeah. da- the good days would never end. Exactly. Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> funny enough, that time was when uh, I had re- gotten a little bit back into coke, but I'd gotten into psychedelics really hard after Sarah had passed away. I'd stayed off the heroin. I wasn't using it. I was you know, partying like a normal kid. I was 22 years old. Um, and I got laid, you know, 50, 60 times that summer. I, was, I mean, I, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it was just sort of a free love summer, man. It was, uh, I had, you know, I'd pick up a thousand hits of acid at a time, and it was just, you know, you got a cheeseburger for one, go for it. You got a hug for one, go for it. I mean, there's just no way to lose money. It's paying 50 cents a hit for it, you know, selling them for $10 a piece. It's just, I just ran around. You sold like acid, too, with... at a huge amount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, don't go small. I mean, what's the point? And once you see what that side's like, you know, why would I buy 100, or, you know, 100 hits of acid for 4 bucks a piece if I just say, hey, give me a thousand for 50 cents a piece? And then I start ordering them from China, you know. Were, uh, like, were you partying with 
you know, I don't know, pro athletes, like people, you know, did you ever get a spot in town where you're, I don't know, was there a bar you always went to where you were the king of that fucking bar? Like, did you ever really live it up in a way that you look back and go, I was a fucking douchebag, but it's still kind of cool? Yeah, La Bodega, um, when okay. I was a teenager, and then um, just sort of, you know, I mean, I feel I feel bad about it, but like, you know, I I just wouldn't come home and my girlfriend would get pissed, but she just, she knew, you know, you yeah. don't start dating a giant drug dealer and expect him to not be a giant drug dealer. It's like beating a dog for being a dog. Um, but yeah, I mean, La Bodega days, when I was 16 years old, we'd be in there just getting smashed and partying and shutting the whole place down and it would be you know a group full of high school kids and early college kids you know with no ids and just living the dream yeah it was awesome absolutely what is the most decadent night of your life um i'd say we started off there and we ended up at uh oh what was it it was the millennium hotel we rented out the ballroom there um the what the ballroom at, ballroom. The, millennium, at the millennium hotel sure. so when i was uh 17 then um, so that night probably cost us a couple grand and then, uh, you know, it turned into probably like a two day thing. And by the end of it, I was all of a sudden having breakfast with my girlfriend's extended family. And I was like, what the hell is going on? But, uh, we had a DJ and we had all that sort of stuff. I mean, it was, that was probably, that night sticks out a little bit. Um, did you ever do the stripper make it rain thing? I guess you were before that era. I don't probably. like strip clubs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, why? I would go on the why what's the point? Right. No, 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 yeah. I get it. I actually do. <laughs> yeah. I used to hate strip clubs when I was young and could get girls. Now I think like, oh, I get to go in and see this girl's boobs. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm also lucky enough my girlfriend's 30 looks like she's 16, so it's uh it's perfect. <laughs> um yeah, so I scored there. Um getting married. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's just awesome. so you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. we get it. Um, I love it. I got to throw some of it in there. Those just get fucking crucified cuz she's like, "What are you doing in there?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to this fancy thing and I'm going to talk about my life." She's like, oh, "I got to listen." Like, oh shit. I'm going to get <laughs> crucified yeah. for not coming well you know what i'll just say this my wife would make your wife look like a fucking barfing donkey oh all right yeah so. good good i bet I she would yeah cool. yeah yeah and mine's like six <laughs> six one handlebar mustache big gut hanging out cheese stains all down her shirt yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah it's yeah like my wife yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> what all right what um uh, let's just Allie, call it that two-timer mm-hmm. what uh let's see so now to downward spiral yeah if, um, you know, unless we're missing something, I Isaac. Are, okay. No. Yeah, well, I got caught it. with 117 pounds of pot in 2007, um, but I didn't get in any trouble because I wasn't on the property, and they couldn't prove that I ever was. So I got. So ready. how did that 107 pounds? How big is oh, that? The property? What do you mean? Uh, so my friend's family owned. He was a casino architect, so he owned just this huge property out in Wisconsin, and um, we went out there as a bunch of teenage kids, and we grew a bunch of fields of pot, um, and. I had literally just left uh, to go back to town, trade the car out for the Suburban, start coming back to carry the rest of it back. And uh, they got busted while I was in transit on the way back with, you know, really nothing in the car. And we stopped at a bar because they weren't answering the phone. And luckily enough, one of uh, one of the guys that was there started running his mouth right away. And, oh, they're going to be there. They're going to be at the bar and la da 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 So we stopped at the bar. We're just hanging out. And next thing you know, all these cops just SWAT team just pulls up on us in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. I'm like, how the hell did you guys get here um and they had saved us the trouble of getting caught on the property because they thought that they had us all you know had it seamed up and it just hmm. turned out that Did i, I had yeah. so so someone from your crew absolutely narked on us yeah why uh he's trying to get a lesser sentence as his family's property just got caught with you know what he thought was going to be close to a thousand pounds worth of weed and um a thousand pounds of weed man. how big is that huge yeah that's huge that's a trash bag is that that's a- no that's this room 
Yeah. Really? Like stacked to the ceiling. I'll describe this room. It's pretty big. <laughs> it's 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 a good seven uh, by twelve. By, I, I'm gonna just, give it. I'm a gonna good, go with like a yeah. Bigger than seven by twelve. Yep, yeah. yep. I'm gonna say this Damn is it. a this is a ten by fourteen room with eight eight or nine foot high ceilings. Yeah, I'm the manliest guy here, so I'll just do that yeah. measurement for you. Anyway, okay. with a closet, yeah. with, a, with closet. a closet. Yeah, so yeah, this extra space. Yeah. So that was the plan when we were younger. That was our that was our one and done thing, uh, and it definitely didn't work out. Did and anybody get did, it, did the charges stick on anybody? They did stick on three people. Um, Screw and, them! Uh, oh yeah, they got fucked. Um, <laughs> and bad. how did you handle yourself through that? As far as you know, did you do any dishonorable things to like have you slither free? Because absolutely not. The so uh, okay. they asked us. Luckily, we literally left to go trade cards. So we're gone for the weekend. <clears throat> they asked us, "Do we have an alibi?" I was like, "Fuck, do we have an alibi?" I was like, "I have one." You know, but what did I do? I'm just sitting there shitting my pants. Uh, once they had me in the interrogation room, once the head sheriff of this uh, Burnett County, Wisconsin, this little. Uh, little county in wisconsin and i'm like oh fuck yeah i got an alibi i tracked mud all the way through the house after having a crab dinner with a girlfriend's family on saturday night and then drove up here and i made up some shit like to come pick these guys up because they said they got a d-dub or whatever and then here we are you know and he was like oh all right my girlfriend ended up getting uh, a misdemeanor charge for a little weed pipe that she had on her in wisconsin it's a big deal i guess especially when it's in connection with all this shit um and uh, we paid four hundred dollars to get the truck out of the impound, and I paid five hundred dollars for a ticket, and we drove home. Wow! And yeah. one of those three people, they were pointing at you, saying, "And he's the kingpin." Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was at least pointing at me, saying that we were there to transport all of it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever have a nickname? G. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. No, that's, oh. that's what the ladies called me. So <laughs> you know, uh, mine is. I don't. What is Ice it? dog. Ice dog. Yeah. 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 I, just, I just made it. Honestly, up. I've never heard anybody else say that, but you but say But I say it all the time. You say it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You've, I think you say it. Uh, I've said it back to you. Yeah. Because you say, you, why you, do I call myself Ice you, dog? You've pretty much said, like, will you please call yeah. me Ice dog? Please. Well, whatever. Right now, will you call me Ice dog? What, look, what? look up at me a little. Yeah. And then <laughs> was your crew um, all white guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, for the most part. There was one... Uh, one black kid that got caught with the weed in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. Sorry, <laughs> Kevin. So fucked for him. Oh, man. Oh, man. Always a black guy. Oh, he made it the farthest to his credit, though. He was, like, trying to, you know, do some, like, Rambo shit, breathing out of a reed in a creek. Like, he, he really ran really? for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he ran for it. You um, are innovative. What is your scariest night as a drug dealer or whatever? Uh, I got in a high-speed car chase um, in, what was that, 2000. 2017 now, so that was 2014. I got in a high-speed car chase. 55? Uh, 55 and plus in four inches of snow on city streets in a 95 Corsica. So Nice. Yeah, how, we were fucking flying. How um, did that go down? Like the police uh, were chasing you? The cops, there ended up being 12 or 13 squads, a couple of dogs, the captain. Um, yeah, we took them on a nice the little... The captain was a dog? <laughs> the captain McGruff. That's yeah. St. Paul yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we were actually in uh, South Minneapolis over by my grandma's house. I was making one last stop, and uh, yeah, this is a good story. I got this one. Um, I'm, uh, I'm with a little friend of mine that I've known since he was a kid, and my girlfriend's sitting in the front seat. Um, I've been up for a couple of days, and we're making the last couple little drops on my way to my house in St. Paul, and one of them isn't going right. I've got another one like you do lined up about two blocks away to make my next stop, and then I'm going home. Uh, he doesn't come outside. I'm like, something's fishy here. I pull out right away. There's a cop. He's getting ready to take a right, so I don't know why I didn't just go straight and have to make him take a you know, U-turn. Instead, I turn right, so he just goes straight, hits the cherries, 
and without hesitation i just put my foot down uh, it's five eight, five you know i had five eight balls of hair on my pocket a warrant for my arrest i'm like this is not time to stop how old are you on this 23 five eight balls of heroin and yeah. a warrant yeah okay please yeah. take us through this yeah so uh i'm on 31st 32nd street and 40th avenue um and I just punched it, and for a second, the people in the car were like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, they realized, like, the cops are chasing us, and my buddies in the back said, oh, stop the car, I'm on probation. Like, shut the fuck up, you know? Like, what, you want to get caught with a bunch of drugs in the car on probation? Like, this isn't going to work out for you. Um, and I didn't know this, but cops have to slow down at red lights when they're chasing you. So I blew across Lake Street at a red light, one of the scariest moments of my entire life. I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill everybody. Like... <laughs> this is wild and then i got you know um this is wild <laughs> like you know in the snow in a shitty old car and i loved that car um but yeah just flying and uh and we blow across the red light the cop has to stop i pull the drugs that are all in one spot except for a couple of little miscellaneous things that i got caught with but pull out the main you know bundle of them my hand and my girlfriend say throw this out the window she doesn't even do this shit she's like, i'm not throwing out this out the window i'm like just throw it out the fucking window and instead of reaching her arm out the window to throw it, she leans back and uses her left arm and throws it out the window so her arm never leaves the car. They never saw it. They just never saw it happen. And then I, I my plan was never to get away. <laughs> Very clever. My, I mean, yeah, in, was, you know. Especially when it's like, you know, bam, yeah. bam, bam. We're just flying down this road. My wife would do that. Cut, <laughs> yeah. cut to the bum on the sidewalk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having, suddenly had the, having the greatest day ever. Yeah, the kid in the backseat picked it up and he didn't share when he found it. Uh-huh. Uh, so we ended up having a discussion about that because that was personal. I've known him for a very long time. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yep, so we're flying down the street and I got to come for the, the road tees off. So I got to come from a stop in locks. Of course, because I have three gears. First, second, and third. I haven't locked second, which means it only has to shift one time between zero and, like, 52 miles an hour. Great car for the snow. And uh, I have to pump the brakes and get a stop to a point where we can take a hard left turn within two blocks going 55 miles an hour on a tiny little narrow city street. And I do it just in time and just this perfect corner if it weren't for this fucking Honda Accord sitting right there. And I slide right into the back of it. Uh, The hood crunches up a little bit, and I just keep going. And next thing I know, the hood's up over the windshield. And I mean, at this at this point, though, I'm so far ahead of the cops, my high ass is like, why don't I just stop and see if I can't push the hood down? And sure. um, my girlfriend's like, no, 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 don't stop, don't stop. I can still see. Don't she's stop. Like, this looks great. <laughs> yeah. She's looking through the little crack at the bottom of the windshield. And then I finally realize I can hang my head out the window and, you know, longer hair then. So she said I look like a golden retriever flapping in the wind. And I just took him on a chase for, you know, probably about a mile and a half in circles to the point where they were never going to go back and look for anything. And then when they came... I said, you know, they said, why are you running away? They're waddling up with their guns out, and they shattered out the windows on her side. They're, the cops that were chasing us initially were the ones that grabbed me out of the car. The rest of them were the ones that set up the roadblock. Um, so the ones at the roadblock were a lot more serious than the ones that saw me holding my hands up out the window that was already rolled down with the ignition killed. Um, they shattered out her window, the back window for my buddy, grabbed them both by the hair and were pulling them out of the car. The cops that got me were actually pretty nice. Um, I said, all the drugs in the car are mine, you know, everything else like that. And they're like, this little purse, clutch purse underneath the passenger seat is yours. I'm like, yeah, bitch, let's go to jail, you know, trying to take my girlfriend down with me. No, you know. And had you been to jail at this point? Like, why were yeah. you so ready to? Yeah, I'd been to jail and I'd been waiting for it. Uh, people used to get in my car and said, take off your hat, put on your seatbelt, because I'd had a petty warrant for two years. Yeah. You know, um, so I just always knew at that point that it was going to happen. And instead of just going to take care of the warrant, which I would have done, uh, my mom had just died, and I just wasn't, I just didn't care. I, yeah. you know, I was lucky I didn't have my gun at that point because I was just so crazy I would have shot, you know. All sorts of bad things could have happened. And um, what, uh, you know, what is the mom's story, if you don't mind? 
yeah so um so that was the cop chase and i I, to wrap that up i spent five days in jail got out uh nothing ever happened from it i got charged with it and i'm gonna be done with that and four months did you have a great lawyer like was that no i sat 352 total days jail time since 2012 fighting my own cases the mom thing uh she had gotten sober like i said for a while and uh and i had to for a little bit and then i started slipping up and i started her i thought her sobriety was just so rock solid i started bringing around her again the old lifestyle on the 4th of july 2013 a year after i'd lost my girlfriend um we're all trying to go to the fireworks and i'm trying to get high and I'm making us wait way too long and uh everybody basically leaves except for a few select people and my mom and I'm trying to pull all the drugs together and pick everything up and all the money and everything like something's missing and I was like fuck we gotta find this it would be unfortunate if an eight ball of dope went missing it wouldn't be the end of the world but it would be enough to piss me off and uh my mom later on goes oh I found it you know and I'm like cool it's unwrapped I don't fucking give a shit let's go dropped her off at home four days later uh this was the night that I first met my girlfriend who ended up with her for three years but uh Four days later, I'm on the way to take my little brother, who I'd recently reunited with, to the beach, and I get a call at the SA on 40th and Lindale. Says this, I said, yeah, uh, and they said, you know, is and your mother? I said, yeah, she is, and uh, they're like, you know, we, uh, she passed away, and right away, I'm like, fuck! I just dropped the phone and closed the phone, threw it on the floor. I was like, holy fucking shit! And they called back, and I answered. I said, how did it happen? They said, heroin overdose. And right away, I'm thinking, which motherfucker gave her heroin, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, wow. It took a while for me to realize it was me. Um, you know, luckily, I didn't sell it to her. You know, she had she had just told me, it might have been different. But uh, then I got to call my little brother and tell him uh, to wait with my stepdad, who, you know, we hadn't been talking for years. And I say, is your stepdad, is, is Jim home? And he goes, yeah, why? And he's a 16, 17-year-old kid. Why, 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 why? I'm like, just pull him out on the fucking porch and shut up. And I get there, and I walk up, and I said, stand up, kiddo. And he stands up, and I wrap my arms around him and tell him mom is dead. You know? Um, and I haven't talked to him in three years. Oh. Hmm. Since that, you haven't? Uh, we went to spread her ashes, and that was the last time that I talked to him. So... Yeah, you know, is that because of pain or because he has a vendetta against you? You know, or? it's probably all of the above. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was the family heroin dealer, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's like, yeah, well, it's still the fucking catalyst to the situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, well, whatever. I'm not here to be your therapist, but yeah. it's like you know, obviously she started it, it in a sense too. You know, yeah. it's just and one she of those was my things. mom and oh, all yeah. that sort of stuff. But the way I like to figure I'm it is, sure. imagine you know someone's suicidal and you fall asleep with a loaded gun just yeah. sitting on the table. You know, and you yeah. wake up and they blew their fucking head off. You knew they were so suicidal and you still left the 357 on the table. Is it your fault? No. Were you being a dumb fuck? Yeah. yeah. You know, I brought all the heroin around my recovering mom. So, yeah. Yep. So well, that was. You, you were also an addict at this point, huge, right? Huge yeah. addict. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. So that would be the lowest point, too. So. Of course. Yeah. What, um, and, and just to go back, because there's something I wasn't clear on. So, who called you actually, though? The coroner. The corner. Yeah. Oh, like the, the corner. corner. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's, I'm a, such a fucking idiot. I'm going like the street thing or something. No, but yeah. the, the medical examiner. Right, medical so, examiner. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. an utterly heartbreaking story. So. Yeah. So wrong. then, I, what what did your after that when when you said that you kind of took a dive? Like, what what did your daily routine consist of after you know, your mom I, died? When you said you nose dived. I held it together long enough to get her cremated and have a little memorial <laughs> service that I paid all for. My stepdad didn't even chip in a dime. My dad never came back from out of state. Um, 
I held it together literally until the night of her memorial after it was done, and there's about three months that I just don't remember. Um, and then I tried doing things the same way for probably six months, and I, I held it together for a little while. Um, but the meth got worse, and the depression got worse, and then after I got robbed, all of a sudden I'm carrying a gun now and all this other stuff. Yeah. It's just... Because bam. you don't value your own life and all that stuff. I'm and just, driving 100 miles an <laughs> hour on the highway. I mean, it just it just didn't matter right. anymore. And um, and um, I was telling Isaac about this on the way in, but one of the like to me one of the worst things as a heroin addict is you become more, you know, you get really tired from it. Mm-hmm. So then you have to do math or coke yep. or whatever to stay yeah. up, and it's just this. Oh, you get in this horrible fucking spiral with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can imagine with the so you lost your girlfriend, your mom grandfather Um, grandfather yep all very quickly right that's uh yeah that's about uh you should we should do a movie on this um (laughs) where isaac plays you yes yeah yeah. might have to lose a few pounds though i don't think so i think he's younger and better looking i think think for your age isaac you look good i don't think losing muscle would help yeah really yeah yeah you you might have to lose that muscle mass you worked hard to get that muscle mass true What, um, how about this? What is the most violent, like, did you ever use violence as a deterrent tool for yourself? Yeah. No, I wasn't one of those guys. Um, there, well, I did stab this chick one time, but, uh, (laughs) you were one of those guys. Yeah. So (laughs) you were very directly one of those guys um, stabbed a woman. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, she was like 300 pounds and lesbian. So, I mean, she did, honestly, she did cut herself. (laughs) I did have the knife. It was my knife. I was the one punching her in the face. You know, uh, so the backstory to that is she had stolen a... We don't even need a backstory. Yeah. I just think <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> yeah, so that happened one time. Um, I, and I did feel pretty bad about it. I ended up paying for her stitches and her cab rides and for the other people to keep an eye on her while she went to the hospital make sure she didn't say anything. And um, But she stole a, an assault weapon from me, you know, with uh, that was licensed to my buddy's name with my fingerprints all over it. That was your it. weapon to assault people with, and she stole it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> it's covered in my fingerprints, and it, it was, you know, that's just not something I'd say so is that fat lesbian. Yeah. She, yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah, she got touched up a little. Um, mm. But uh, that's, that's in my mind, I, I have no shame for that. How'd you stab her? Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so I'm I glad put, you've overcome that. I put, thank you. Yeah, I mm-hmm. put the blade backwards up to her throat after punching her, and uh, and I said, you know, where's the fucking gun? And she's she's got the audacity to be sleeping on one of my couches in one of my houses, um, and uh, and she tries pulling out her phone, so I pull out the knife and put it up to her backwards. I'm not trying to cut her, and her dumbass reaches for the blade. <laughs> And just slices her hand all the way open, and <clears throat> and I'm bleeding a little bit too. My friend had been on meth, just up all night sharpening that knife, and uh, it was just a bad series of events. I got a call from Northeast Minneapolis. Hey, she's at the house in Plymouth. <whistles> Rolled over there real quick, cause I mean you can't have that. The gun that I got was to protect me from the people that she sold it to, who were the kind of people that would literally use it for something. Bad, right. You know. So it was a uh, it was a tricky situation. So I was wondering this as a ex user. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and I like I never did a scene type thing where you do something really desperate for dealers, but you hear of that, and I've had friends you did for sure. Do you ever feel bad, you know, for, or, or like where someone new is going like, well, I've never tried this heroin before, but I can't wait. I heard it's fun. <laughs> yeah. And then as you sell it, you just go like, man, I just sold this motherfucker. The end you of know. his life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely all the time. The way that I overcame that is I ran a needle exchange program. Uh, for a very long time and we'd get I don't know if you ever heard of it Narcan yeah so we'd get just just liters of that shit 
and uh, I've gotten more calls back saying, hey, that just saved my life, that just saved a friend's life, that just did this, that just did that, than I've ever, ever heard of the people that have had issues. You did that after you were a dealer? I or still do that today. You still do yeah, that today? I still do that today. Not with the needles, but with the Narcan. Yeah. Really? It's not, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. What, what are you talking it's about? It's an opiate reversal drug that... Uh, it doesn't get you high. It doesn't do anything to you. They live. Have you seen Pulp Fiction where she's freaking out? <laughs> well, they put adrenaline in her on that one. This yeah. one doesn't do anything like that. They just put it in your muscle. They get a nasal spray kind, and it just wakes you up. It yeah. goes in. If you're an addict, it'll make you dope sick right away. Um, because but it wakes you up. Wakes you up, saves your life. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. what it does. <laughs> I, I have a story about that that I'll tell on another podcast. <laughs> but this is – I want to wrap up yours because we're getting to the end of your time. What um, – so, you know, you've gone through this, and you, you have a, a really, I mean, harrowing fucking past now. And how do you, how did you find the end of it? How did you get, because, I mean, honestly, uh, hearing the, the quantities you used and the things that you went through, mm-hmm. that sounds, um, I, like, if I heard that story on the side, I'd go, like, oh, that guy didn't make it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, or most certainly of, won't make it out. Most people that you hear ha- that have a and now I don't do it anymore. I would have. I'd be dead today. Like mm-hmm. most of the time, I go bullshit. Right. You know, yeah. like you, 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 you would have been fine, but yeah. you really should have died. I think multiple times. He yeah. should have died. Oh. Five hundred dollars a day is an incredible. I can't even get yeah. over it. Yeah. For the people that have known me my whole life, I've managed to keep quite a few friends, um, and they are amazed that I turned it around. Um, what was your lowest moment? So besides your mom dying, just as far as, because, you know, everyone, when they become an addict, you do compromise your own morality to some degree, you Absolutely. know, whether you keep it on. Are there things that you look back or you go like, that was such a fucking scumbag thing to do? I mean, I have m- millions in my life. Mm. I'm not going to talk to yeah. them on a podcast, but <laughs> yeah. what's yours? Um, I'd have to say it was probably cutting that bitch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was where I realized like, whoa. Things are getting way out of hand because um, I didn't rob people. I didn't go after people physically. That just wasn't my thing. But I was so scared for my life uh, that that gun was out there that I just I just didn't know what to do. And uh, and so that happened, you know. Um, and do I feel terrible about it? Uh, yes. Do I feel like it wasn't uh, deserved? No. Right. Like, absolutely. You steal a fucking sawed-off 12-gauge shotgun with high-velocity slugs covered in my fingerprints with no stock on it. I mean, it's just like, you know. That bitch is going to get cut. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have to you know, answer for that a little bit. Uh, what did the end look like? Yeah, what, what was the reason that yeah. you... Surely, I, I just kept you getting come popped to, over and over and There was over no over way you could keep again. going, right? Yeah, I just kept getting fucking popped and sent to jail and the pain of it all uh, and just the unrealistic thing because like, no junkie out there is like, oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. like, they just don't think that there's any way yeah. to get through it. There's just like It's just such an impossibility when in reality you're just like right around the corner from the life that you could live, um, but you just can't see it at all uh i couldn't see it and it took the i'm in drug court right now it took the cops just coming after me and coming after me i mean not just like regular cops i mean like these guys have a meeting every morning as to how to find me um have you actually heard that from them yeah i ran into them on the elevator after uh after court the other day actually and, and i was like who the fuck are you guys like oh we arrested you like three times and, you know plain completely plain clothes <laughs> yeah cops yeah and I was, you know, it was nice to be able to sit around and bullshit with them. For of like course. 10 minutes. I was just like, what's War going stories. on? War you stories. Know? Yeah. They're like, you still dating so-and-so? I'm like, no, motherfucker. Like, you coming from a new hearing? I'm like, no. You know, what do you want? You know, I'm <laughs> just, I'm going to work. You know what I mean? Uh, uh-huh. What's the, um, uh, like, what, uh, God, what was I going to say? I'm sorry. When, okay. When you actually crashed and burned, mm-hmm. you know, is there an event that put you in jail that you had to withdraw and all that stuff from this? 
Uh, yeah, that car chase. I spent five days coming down off that kind of habit. Um, That's a brutal withdrawal. Yeah. And, and you're in jail when you're doing it, right? Yeah. Yep, oh. absolutely. Yeah. There's And luckily, there were some other guys that I knew in jail that had just, you know, separately gotten caught. And so they sort of took care of me a little bit. Uh, I was like the life of the party when I showed like, yeah, I could do that again. I- about to get sick, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah real sick. Right. Um, Did you get doctor assistance, or you did you have to no, go cold turkey? No, they were pissed at me. Yeah, they right. just let you <laughs> let you deal with it. And then to give you an example of me at my lowest point, I still had a couple thousand bucks in my pocket. You know, there's a photo of me. Holy shit! So he just so you you're you are a healthy, well muscled, <laughs> let's say, one hundred and ninety pound guy. One hundred ninety five. Yeah. One hundred ninety five. Yeah. And in this picture, what are you? One fifty five. One sixty. About one hundred and sixty. <laughs> okay, yeah. with a bunch of pretty gross ass. Like they look like hickeys, but they're probably scratch things from Sores meth. Sores from meth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is just. Uh, yeah, boy, right. I just want to go get some meth right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> it looks, it makes it that's look a party perfect, guy, doesn't it? it? Yeah. And if I can, if I can interject here, since we only have about five minutes left, yeah. There was you mentioned a few things earlier. Your nana's house yeah. got shot up. It did. And yep. we've had gang members come in that have said like family members are off limits. We don't shoot up. Dude. Family yeah, members' so, houses. So How that. did somebody get mad enough to shoot up your grandma's? You know, house? we never figured out who the fuck it was. Um, never knew. Uh, not for a second. Um. You know, I had my ideas. Whoever it was was not very good at what they did. Um, but uh, I think it was literally somebody in the neighborhood uh, that was just mad because I was trapping my grandma's house out. And uh, they maybe didn't know it was my grandma's place or whatever else. Because everyone else, I think, like you were saying, would have a little bit more respect than that. But some guy, uh, we were living on the front porch, honestly. Uh, that's where we were doing all of our business from was the front porch of my grandma's house. It was a three-season porch. And uh, we had shades and everything and a glass double doors. Uh, and someone was walking up the driveway and i was like stephanie go make sure that uh that the door is locked or whatever and she goes up there and i'm right behind her and she pulls this the curtain back to look and there's a guy leveling a gun with a black face mask on right at her head and i just wrapped her up and pulled her to the ground and i didn't hear the shots but he put two through the window um and then he ran off i mean the next thing you know there's gunshot sensors in that neighborhood so there's just cops everywhere and everyone's hiding and running and no one would ever try to pull that yeah. shit with me. No, but, uh, no, yeah. no, you got dogs. It, you got those two dogs. Nah, just and, me. Then the, and then the last, the last one that I had is that you said you still owed the Mexican mafia thirty-five thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean and that's just like a pretty arbitrary number. It could be more. It could be less. Um, I'm not worried about it at all. It's uh, because you made them so much money. They at gave the time. me a severance package, literally. Uh, when the last time I was really wrapped up with that crew, they uh, they knew things were getting hot for me, and they gave me like five thousand dollars worth of dope for free, and, uh, and just said, "See you later." Kind of next, next day, changed their phone number. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. That's like a, so they hey, they been, actually that's it, like. A, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. So I mean, they actually kind of turned you loose on the streets, where you probably felt exposed. Like, was that scary when they turned on? You know, in that way. Not uh, that they turned yeah, on you. I mean, I had another one. You know, just not quite as good. So um, I just you know I just sort of moved on. But yeah, it uh, it was shitty. It was you know the guys that had my back, but I completely understood it. I was like, I'm going down. You know, I just I you knew it. You know when it's happening. And I was like, there's no way to get the driver out there and train him in, in time without getting busted. So you're just moving and running and moving and running, and the FBI is coming and it's just bad people are getting indicted and all sorts of shit's happening and you just know that it's over 
you know. Yeah, I find it amazing that the same people that make beheading videos also give out severance packages. <laughs> yep. To yeah, the, yeah. To yeah. To, 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 oh yeah, yeah. They do Sinaloa cartel, to, yeah, maybe. You'd never, uh, you'd never know. I mean, there's a, there's a huge difference between Minnesota drug dealing Sinaloa cartel guys and then the dudes down in Mexico. Yeah. This, this well, guy, he's happy to be in Minnesota, and he's happy to have some white boy to do all his work, and he right. wants to come over and watch Fast and the Furious with Spanish subtitles. That's I mean, what I was gonna ask you. Who is uh, the biggest drug dealer you ever sat in a room with? Did you ever sit with? You know, did anyone yeah. ever come meet the yeah. whatever his the gringo? Was, uh, his name was Javier, and his crew got busted with multiple millions of dollars. Uh, they ran here. Uh, weren't that? Wasn't that in the city pages or something? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, um, it was in the city pages, the Star Tribune. I'm sure it made national news as well. I mean, they busted like four houses with over a million dollars in money and then product and. Yeah, here we go. Twin Cities, City Pages, Heroin Ring Busted. This would be a nice way to wrap it up. Yeah, I would love to share this for the, actually for the release, if possible. So, yeah. So, it doesn't these are you. the guys that I first started working for right here. They look lovely, don't they? Yep, so <laughs> the, the City Pages title is, whoops, it just, let's see. Do you mind if I read no, this please, one? No, okay. go for it. So, it says, Javier's crew, Mexican Heroin Ring Busted in Twin Cities. They're all Mexican. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Let's see, what do they call them? Do they have a gang name here? Known as Javier's Crew. Well, whatever. They're Javier's Crew. We'll share it on the site so that people can see it. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, obviously Biggs. So last thing I want to wrap up with, because I like to ask this question. What's the most money that you ever had your hands on at one point? Is it that 100000 100000 yeah. Okay. What do you think your lifetime earnings are? Jeez. In uh, how many years, upwards you should of say? 10, upwards of 10. I would hate to be that guy. Um, nah, that's good for the podcast. Seven, seven to ten million. And how much money do you have today? Uh, right now, I got like thirty-eight hundred in my savings account, about twenty-five in my checking. <laughs> a fucking loser. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have less than that. But that is fucking amazing that that much money came through your yeah. hand. That is amazing life, yeah. man. And you should like. It, whatever you, you have an amazing book. story and you should yeah. write a book and it's really it is a touching thing that and just for the people at home you can tell he's a whatever a, a guy with real feelings he's not a lizard he, when he talks about his mom he's hurt it's you know it's uh, a, a, a great great story and I want to end with this uh, how many chicks do you think you banged just the whole time a uh, hundred a hundred girls <laughs> wow, wow. The, Kareem of, the Kareem of Abdul Jabbar <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Of getting pussy from <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Isaac and uh anything to add? I'll do I it, think I this is just a yeah. really great podcast. Thank you so much yeah, for coming on and really like I'm so glad that you're it's fun to joke about this shit cuz you know, you do seem clear of it and obviously it's every day. But whatever. So anyway, uh amazing story. Everyone thanks for listening. Have a good night. All right, that was our episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um please um, share and rate and uh, subscribe to our podcast. Please do all those three things. I'm so tired of selling furniture. I need to make money off this. So please do those things. Anything you can do, follow us on Twitter um, at Gabe Noah Podcast. And if you have any questions, share them on our social media. Or if you have someone who you think should be a guest, hit us up at info at professionconfession.com. So thanks for listening, and uh, please share in all those things. Bye.